Welcome to another spectacular edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man simply known as the Brent QL, standing, of course, for Quantum Loser. I give you the Brent. Well, uh, very fitting for this week, I suppose. That's right, buddy, because, <laughs> oh man, I never walk out on a review, but oi, <laughs> last week we spun the wheel, Brent, yes. and we made the deal. We made the big deal, and this week, we're going to be taking a look at, bam, the Sinclair QL. The QL, Brent. Now, I don't know Quality about Quality low. That's right. <laughs> Did you know about or had ever heard of the QL before it was no. on the wheel, my friend? No, absolutely no. I had no idea this machine existed. I, uh, I took a deep dive this week into, because, you know, hey, listen, I liked the ZX... 81. That's beauty. Remember that yeah. one? Yeah, that Remember was the fun. ZX Spectrum. We all had a good time with that one. And so, in my mind, I thought to myself, heck, the next generation of the Specky, that sounds awesome. I'm on board, brother. Look at this thing. It's all sleek and black. It looks awesome, right? It's got a weird stuff strapped to it. It's going to be awesome. Well, brother, well, let's, we'll find out. Let's get into it. Let's just jump right in, Brent. Uh, so, the uh, uh, Sinclair QL, the QL, Brent, you know what the QL stands for? I'm sure you know by now. I, I looked it up. I, I I know the knowledge, but I do not remember the knowledge. Yeah, dumb is what you mean. The Quantum Leap. Yes, yes, because yes. Because this was Sir Clive's attempt to crack the into the business sector of computing. Uh, the uh, As you may know, uh, his previous endeavors have been budget machines and those machines were aimed at the home user. You know, they, they did not have a keyboard, the quality you would need in a business environment. It didn't have the peripherals you would need or the ports you would need. And so the QL was Sir Clive's attempt to crack that business market. <clears throat> this thing uh, uh, was uh, came out in 1984 and uh, was announced earlier. It took them a while to get it out. They were yeah. behind. In fact, they took orders. Yeah. They took orders that were supposed to be filled in twenty, I think it was twenty-eight days. Didn't make it. No. And when, and when, Not they, even and when they, when they first, uh, the first batch of these to be released, they had miscalculated on the size of the ROM they needed, so they had to put a dongle on the back in the cartridge slot, so these things would work. So these yes. were the usual uh, bodge job you would expect. Uh, of course, uh, this thing had a different, whole different structure than the ZX Spectrum. Totally incompatible with any Spectrum. Uh, software. This thing, now I'd never heard of this processor, uh, the Brent. This thing had a Motorola MC68008. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what is that? Well, it's a cut rate 68,000 with an 8 bit bus. Okay. It's not 16 bit. So, of course, he was cutting costs. This, let's just cut to the chase here and then we'll get into the particulars. When Sir Clive decided to make a business machine, you know, business machines usually cost more, okay, yeah. because they uh, have more stuff on them. They do more. They're of a higher quality because they're for business. Sir Clive tried to do it both ways. Yeah. He tried to make a cheap business machine. This thing shipped initially at uh, 400 pounds, okay, che which is cheap. Think about it. What well, it was cheap. It, that's for. cheap for a business computer, but actually expensive for what you were getting. Yeah, so... Anyway, getting back to this thing, this thing has a uh, a full size keyboard, uh, and the keyboard looks nice. Okay, but yeah. 
it's 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 a it's a membrane keyboard that is not popular. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, pretending to be a good yeah. keyboard. This same kind of keyboard yeah, put on the Spectre Plus. It looks good. It's it's a step up from the uh, Dead Fletch keyboards, uh, but you know it's not something you'd want to use day to day in a uh, office environment. Uh, this thing uh, shipped uh, with 128k of memory. It could go up to 728k. Uh, it had a uh, <laughs> it had a beeper, of course. It had did have sound. It had a, a variety of ports on it, <clears throat> including a monitor port. It had a uh, it also had a, a port for your television, so you could use this on a television or a monitor. It also had uh, some really odd serial ports. They were all proprietary proprietary joystick ports. It had a what was called a ROM socket in the back. It had a couple joystick ports. Surprisingly, but they were all, it was all proprietary stuff. Uh, it had a massive port on the left-hand side under a cover, and this port would allow access to pretty much all the computer's functions, and a, a few people used this port but for peripherals, including a peripheral that gave you a full 68,000. So that was, yeah. th that was the extent of that port. You could actually put uh, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff on this thing. So It was basically the equivalent of taking the side off of monitor a modern computer. It, the port on it is huge. It, I mean, yeah. it, it reminded me of like, uh, like maybe the uh, port on a Turbo Graphics, that huge port you've got on there. Now let's get to the big deal here. So, uh, when this when the ZX Spectrum was around, they had introduced this thing called micro drives. All right, yes. micro drives. Now, uh, these were not very popular and were not thought of very highly. No. Okay, let's just say that. Well, tough. Because we're not going to put one of those on this thing. We're going to put two of them on here. They got it's got two micro drive uh, slots. Now I looked. I, you know, I never got to fool the micro drive, so I looked into them. Uh, these are these are little tape drives. Yeah. Each tape will hold about a hundred k. Now you got to consider that's uh, a couple hundred k short of what a floppy disk would hold back in the day at that time. Uh, these things ran very quick. They were yes. not slow. Faster and, than a floppy drive. Yeah, well, yeah. So it, it, well, yeah, usually. And they were they would loop. And they so they were they were neat little devices. Now here's the downside of these things. They were tapes. Yeah, imagine an for those for the olden folks out there, imagine an eight track about the size of a currency coin. Yeah, they're real small. Yeah. Uh so here's the way they work is of course you there it's it's tape inside of it wound up. And there's a little uh foam or felt uh, buffer, sort of like a, <clears throat> sort of like, like you would see. Tape. Well, yeah, but yeah. this, what this foam did was, when you inserted the card, it actually pushed the tape up enough to where you're making good contact with the read head. Okay, yeah. simple stuff. The problem is that these that this foam would come off. All right. Yeah. And then the tapes would stop working. You had, and this you often had to re what they called refelting these, uh, for lack yeah, of a just better like term. It really it's it's exactly what you have to do with uh, cassette tapes, like you would put in a stereo. Here's what uh, you did have to deal with with the stereo, though. When you when the foam fell off while this thing was inside your computer, you're boned. Yeah, that's <laughs> the watched, end. I watched a fellow physically fix a couple of these micro drives. This was a total disassemble, and no yeah. easy task because it chews know, and, it up. And and the funny thing is, what ultimately was wrong with his was that a chip had gone bad, and there's so little clearance inside the uh, chassis of the computer for these microdrives that all the chips 
are hard soldered to the board and they cannot be socketed because they because there's not enough space. So he had to take out the old chip and just put the other one back without using the socket. And I can tell you, no one ever wants to do that. Yeah. He also mentioned it was one of the hardest things he'd ever done because the boards are so small that the, the thing doesn't heat up well. It was almost impossible to get the chip out. I've been there, brother. So I guess what I'm saying is the micro drive, no good. And you can imagine well, using these things in a business environment. Well, I mean, they have they have an upside. They are incredibly quick when you're dumping uh, uh, the contents of, of the tape to memory or something. It is fast. It whizzes through the entire reel of tape in a matter of seconds. It's fast, but I mean, if it's broke, it's it, who cares? I, I didn't. I didn't say it was good. I said yeah. it was fast. So. When these things sh- finally shipped out, and once they got all the, uh, well, all the problems sort of ironed out, and they shipped them, <laughs> they, no. they, didn't, they didn't do well. They, they, Sir Clive announced this machine about four or five days before Apple announced this line of Macs. Okay? Yeah. So suddenly, uh, Sir Clive is competing with uh, Microsoft and, and Intel, you know, you know, on the PC, area, IBM in the PC uh, area. Plus, you're also... Competing with Apple's uh, business computers, yes, and and what you're now. Granted, those were several leaps higher in price. Absolutely, I mean, you gotta think, you, those those old PCs were thousands of dollars, and so were the Macs. Yeah, so you're talking literally adding a zero to the back end. It was you know of yeah. the price, but the thing is, when you're in a business uh, environment, you've got the money and you want something that works. That's the bottom line. Yeah, the the uh, QL did come with a software suite. Uh, with a you know word processor and a, 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 a spreadsheet, a, a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal all, stuff. All yeah. of it on micro uh, cassette, uh, and uh, so that was nice. But they weren't thought of very well. Uh, the uh, computer when you when you bring turn it on, it comes up and asks you if you want if you've got a monitor or TV. So it'll it'll format the screen depending on what you've got to make it easier. to Yeah, read. the the number of columns and stuff. Yeah, it used a like sort of a proprietary basic plus. I have to say, uh, I will say, I'll give this thing one bit of credit. Is when you boot this thing up into basic, you've got three, the screen is divided into three parts. Two, there's two, there's a left and right half of the screen at the top, and then at the bottom of the screen, uh, all the way across, is a third window. And this is the window you type in. And then as you're typing the program, it's listed on the left hand side at the top of the screen. And when you run the program, it runs it in the right-hand side of the screen. Yeah. It's a real clever way to do programming. That would have been a, a heck of a boon uh, back in the day. Now, what, here's what it doesn't have. Everyone loved the ZX Spectrum's little shortcut keys that were all over the place. If you look at a, a ZX Spectrum keyboard, it's got all kinds of crazy uh, stuff written on the keyboard. This doesn't have that either. They got, they no. got rid of that, too. So, well, they were trying to make it look more, uh, uh, I guess standardized well, and they I mean, wanted they didn't I want people to freak that. out i can understand it but i'm saying those were helpful and people did like that oh sure i'm not saying it was a good move just i can understand why they would do it this thing also had a couple this is odd to me it had a couple sinclair network sockets on it presume allegedly you could this was eventually used as a phone system people you could link these things together like that i'm not sure how the sinclair networking works that's one area i've never i've never uh jumped into um. Well, guess what happened to Brent? Uh, this thing didn't sell that good, and of course, this was sort of Sinclair's last hurrah, because yeah. uh, shortly after this, uh, our good buddy Alan Sugar from Amstrad came a calling, 
and purchased uh, all of uh, Sinclair's properties uh, from from Sir Clive, and then they canceled, uh, and, and probably smartly so, they canceled the QL. Yeah. Yeah, immediately canceled it. You know, it's funny looking into this thing, uh, Brent. Even hardcore Sinclair purists uh, will say that this is not a great machine. Yeah. Uh, the uh, it's it, it's a shame because Sir Clive couldn't get out of his budget-minded ways, and this is one time where you need to splurge a little bit. Put a, if you put a good keyboard on this, you put a disc drive on it. If you put a, a full sixty-eight thousand in here. Uh, uh, if you put, oh, it didn't have an on-off switch. Did I mention that? It had an external power supply as well. So in the classic Sinclair tradition, you had to just unplug it to turn the power off. Even that crap, I mean, that won't fly in a business. There's no Absolutely business. Absolutely not. Even a small business is not going to do that. I mean, even the freaking C64 has an on-off switch and cocoa. You know, that's just, that's cheaping out for the sake of being cheap. Yeah. And that's a, that was a big mistake. And when you put these sort of, when you do this sort of thing, you're just, I don't see how he, I don't know how anyone could have thought this was going to fly in a business environment. What do you think, Brent? No, and also, when they made it completely incompatible with the Spectrum mm -hmm. and everything else before it, I mean, because they could have launched this and said, look, we already have hundreds of games, which he didn't want. He didn't want this to be a game system. Right. That was another folly on his part. Although he did put joystick ports <clears throat> on it. Well, yeah, but he didn't want it to be game-focused. But if you would have made this backwards compatible, uh, <coughs> immediately had all that software, uh, all that technology, all that advancement ready to go, you could say, you know, look at all this stuff. And they didn't do that. And what they brought to the table <clears throat> was good. I mean, this the 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 stuff looks good. It sounds crap, but I mean, that's to be expected, I guess. Yeah. But uh, uh, but no one. This was a product no one wanted. It wasn't good enough to be out in businesses, and it wasn't cheap enough to be in every home. Yeah. So this it just didn't have a uh, a target audience really. You know, I know they were going for the business crowd, but it, it was not even close to getting there. You know, the funny thing is, uh, the funny thing about this is it didn't start life out as a business machine. Uh, from what I read, initially, this was going to serve as a computer that had almost like a laptop. It was going to have a built-in monitor using Sinclair's flat-screen technology, but they couldn't make that work, and so it kind of morphed into this. And, yeah, they, I just... I, I, here, think about it. I mean, you've got it's a good looking machine. You've it's got okay that, looking. Yeah, it's got it's got that classic sort of uh, Rick Dickinson look. With he really pulled. I think it's a good looking machine. I think the keyboard looks better than it is. Uh, yeah, like, but you've got that huge. Well, that's where I'm going. to the right. Right. Here's what you do. You 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 need one. You may, listen. They could have made this almost like their their Amiga in a way. They could have if you put the sixty eight thousand in there. You put the floppy in there. Even if you don't have the custom chips like an Amiga's got, what you do have is plenty of oomph for a business environment. You put it on off switch. It didn't have a parallel port, for God's sakes. Yeah. Right. And this is the how is that going to fly in a in a business environment well, where you've got all those dot matrix printers, all the parallel port printers? That's a huge oversight. And it was, and you know, and then the serial ports are all goopy. Just you, if if this were to be redesigned today, you jettison the micro drives. 
You put in your floppies. You put in the 68,000, the whole 68,000. You put standard ports on the back. You get this thing ready to rock and roll. Uh, but which, of course, the cost would have went up probably double. But, I mean, that that's the way it goes. They wanted to control the environment. They well, wanted to con- I mean, you can tell that by the media that they put in it. Yeah. They, they wanted... They yeah. wanted you to have to come to them for every all of your needs, and uh, well, that's a tough sell. Yeah, and they certainly did not bring enough to the table to pull it off. You know, and one final thought on those micro drives. Ironically, those things were difficult. The cartridges were difficult to manufacture, uh, and uh, yeah. and so and so were the drives. <clears throat> and so you had a lot of uh, people that had those things broken. The tapes would stop working quickly. They you had to go to certain people to get the tapes at a premium. So when you're even as a cost cutting measure, it ended up being more trouble than it was worth by a long shot. So just a this is one of those machines. Sometimes you see like a near miss. This one was a complete, complete miss. They completely blew yeah. it on this one, and then uh, they and it was gone. It was that quick. So you're probably also, well, now, oh, Aaron, how much of that do you think was being rushed to be out before Apple? Well. I'd say some of it, but let's face facts. This thing was designed long before that announcement to have all this extra crap that we don't like in it, you know. So yeah, uh, I, so I don't think really. I, I don't. It doesn't really matter when they announced it. This thing wasn't doing nothing. It was all bone. right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> You're probably asking, well, it wasn't around very long and it wasn't popular. What kind of game scene does it have? Well, not a big one. It's the answer to that one. Uh, in fact. Uh, I spent the majority of the week trying to successfully emulate and then successfully play the games uh, on it. And so here's the funny thing about it. we got to get into this before we start the show here. Uh, you see, if you're watching at home, you see this uh, thing come up on the screen with a web page, rwapsoftware.co.uk. We, I had to basically give up on trying to play my game in, in with an emulator because I couldn't find it. I could find an image version, but it would, I couldn't get it to play. And the reason is there's a company that went out, and they bought the rights to a bunch of the QL stuff. I don't know why, okay? This is the first time I've ran into this. Yeah. After all the all the years we've been doing ARG, where the, I could not get for nothing the game that I chose to play. Now, and I will get into that later, the game I chose. but. I couldn't find it anywhere to that in a compatible format, yeah. And that's because this one company bought up all the rights. Now they've had a bumper, they've had a a a, 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 a top shelf week this week because my at least myself and one other person that went out and bought these packages, which probably have settled idle on the shelf for many years. But we bought the the package required to play the two games we selected <clears throat> this week. I will say the package works. And it doesn't require you to do anything but hit a button and start the game. So it's a, it's a decent yeah. package. But I paid ten pa- I paid uh, ten U.S. dollars, give or take, uh, for the package to play these games. Brent, what do you think about these companies that are sort of? I don't want to say. Well, I mean, it, they're they're basically going up and buying these old properties and then charging for them like that. I mean, you're talking about a a a, a crap game on a failed system from 1983. What do you or 84? What do you think about this? How do we feel about it? Because we had a debate in Discord about it. And and uh, uh, where some people were telling me, yeah, you need to go ahead and buy it from them and support them. And I'm thinking to myself, I've never done that. And we've been playing stuff from everyone ever without paying for any of this stuff. What do you think? Well, that's not true. We've actually well, we paid, paid for, for the new stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> we've paid for plenty of stuff on this show. You know what um, I mean, though? I mean, talk to stuff like this. I'll be honest with you, Aaron. I'm okay with it. And he, And here's why. If they were just 
putting a paywall up on ROMs because <clears throat> let's 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 not fool ourselves here. None of the money that we put out uh, to buy this package is ever making its way back to the original developers. Yes. Okay. There, that's not happening. That's and true. if it is happening, uh, I, I hope that the the company that's that uh, is in possession of these ROMs uh, corrects me, and I will happily. Uh, make it make a statement on our next show if, if that is the case. If somehow the money is <clears throat> funneling back to the developers, please let me know. I have I, I don't believe that it is. So what you have here is a group that has came in, swooped up all these properties, and is now profiting off of other people's work. If the, if that was all it was, I, I would not be in for that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I would not be for that. But what they have done is they have taken those properties and they have packaged it in a very simple, very playable way. It is literally click to open the program. You choose the game. It's a very basic interface. It's just screenshot of uh, the instructions. game. Uh, instructions. And, a, and maybe a, a tidbit of, of text hints and that kind of thing. It's a minimal effort, but minimal in this regard is enough. And since they have done that, and they, they have, have made it very easy for someone to pick this up and play, the price, I, I feel, is actually very reasonable. Uh, I am okay with this. Now, do I think... I would actually be happy if more systems had these type of packages. If it was done... You know, if they're not just pay paywalling up this old software and, and not having a interface and an emulator making it easy, ready to go, I'm not for that. But they put forth effort, enough effort in my eyes, to make this a reasonable purchase, and I think it's reasonably priced. I'm actually okay with it. You know, even the emulator, the standalone emulator for this thing is is requires registration. I mean, it's. I guess to me, you're. I mean, the package was. Uh, I was less angry after I got it than I was when I was buying it. I was. I was irritated, if yeah. I'm honest, because it's. I drop paying some goof for for forty year old software is idiotic. I mean, but, uh, there you go. I, well, no, I don't. I opinion. don't agree with that. But all that said, they did do something. All right, yeah. I'll give them that. But it. It to me. It, I find it bizarre that we've done uh, so many obscure machines. We've done kid computers. We've done all this obscure stuff. Why is there someone squatting on the Sinclair QL? It is odd because it definitely, I'm, uh, there's no way, there is no way I would go and recommend any of this software to anyone who doesn't have a personal connection with the Sinclair QL. If you remember playing these games as a kid and you want to re-experience them, thumbs up, spend the eight bucks, get the yeah. package, good to go. But there is nothing, nothing of any quality on this system. And we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about our games. But uh, as it is, the way it's packaged, I I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's, I, it's I would much rather have this than nothing. It's, than, a, str it's a strange one. We almost had nothing. Not to rent up. And we, also, I hope, I hope that uh, when they bought all the copyrights, they dumped all of the games 
and all the ROMs themselves. And they didn't just go and hork other people's dumps. Uh, yeah. I There's no way to know that. And I would assume that they probably did since they legally bought the rights. Uh, but hopefully they are on the up and up on the level on this. You know, something else that uh, kind of irritates me is we bought volume one. I think there's like three or four volumes. Listen. Put all this stuff in one volume. I mean, who yeah, are we that's, pulling yeah, here? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. We're paying, you've got four, three or four volumes of these games. You know, I don't know, man. It doesn't set well with me, uh, but uh, it is what it is. So, with all that yeah. said, we were tasked. By God, we'll do it. We'll pay any price, Brent. We'll, <laughs> there's no death we won't stoop to 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 get to play these games. So, we're going to head Supporter money at work. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and let you lead the dance here, Brent. What did you choose? And thankfully, we both chose something on Games Volume 1, and we've been boned. We didn't know Which, about these, but we cho- chose a complete, them. A complete luck pull. Yeah, so what do uh, you got? I am taking a look at Kuthbert in space. Kuthbert in say, space. Say it like you're supposed to. In space! No, no, no one knows the Muppets, Aaron. No. It's a dead property, I'm sorry. So, <clears throat> what is Kuthbert in space? Well, first you have we have to... Before we get into the game, we have to take a look at the, the, the company that brought this to us. And that is MicroDeal. MicroDeal is actually, a, that's a real name. That's a real company. Yeah, it is. Uh, they are specialized back in the late 80s, early 90s of bringing uh, Tandy games or Dragon 32 games to the public. And uh, they were very successful in that regard. They also... Uh, when the 8-bit computers were kind of dying out, they said, you know what, we're going to charge into uh, the 16-bit computers. We're going to keep right on rolling. So they've released stuff for the Atari ST, the Amiga, all that kind of software. And eventually, they did stop the the mid-90s. They said, you know what, we've had enough. We're, we're wrapping up shop. But these guys, Aaron, they didn't just sell software or publish software. They had some in-house games, but mostly they were a publisher. Uh, they also sold uh, Kuthbert branded cassettes and discs because Kuthbert was a big deal, Aaron. Yeah, I he played is, him on a Coco, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He is. A, he has uh, Kuthbert goes walkabout. That's the one. That's the very first Kuthbert game ever played, right there. Kuthbert goes digging. <laughs> Kuthbert in the jungle. Uh, Kuthbert in the mines. Kuthbert in space. Uh, King Kuthberg. Uh, then you also have Kuthberg enters the Tomb of Doom. Oh man, I gotta check that one out. He gets around. Uh, Kuthberg in the Cooler, and Kuthberg and the Golden Chalice. This was sort of a nondescript uh mascot for uh Microdeal and some other actually some other people too. Sometimes they would just have a game. And they weren't sure how to publish it, so they would just slap his name on it, and there you go. Instant recognizable name. So these was this was released in 94 on most systems and uh, 95 on some other platforms. This made its way to the Commodore 16 uh, Plus, the Commodore 64, the Dragon 32, and the Dragon 64, and the TRS-80, and also the Sinclair QL, which... Talk about a weird thing, uh, a, a weird outlier 
all those other systems, you can kind of see the path they took to get onto the systems they did. Yeah. The Sinclair QL, very, very much not like those other systems in that list. There were several kind of Dragon slash Coco games <laughs> just on the disc we had. So there must have been something, some kind of thing there. You know what I mean? Yeah, there very well could have been. Yeah. I, I, I certainly didn't see anyone saying that. Uh, like the King <laughs> was on there, and the King plays very similarly to uh, the Coco version. It looks um, a lot like it too. It's not as good, but it looks it's close. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about maybe uh, that okay, another right. day. Uh, so what is Kuthberg in space? This is a arcade single screen shooter flight sim kind of <laughs> deal. Yeah. Uh, imagine trying to describe Joust to someone, and that's a good place to start. So you. You have a a mothership at the bottom of your screen. The mothership. And its only purpose is to serve as a base for you to gather things and then come back to. Uh, Otherwise, you have floating platforms with fuel pods on them. And you have to go land on these fuel pods and then bring them back to the ship. And while you're doing this, you have waves of enemies that are going from left to right and right to left from your screen that are trying to prevent you from loading this fuel into your ship. So you have uh, full movement up, down, left, right, and it is based off of a little bit of a space physics type of deal where you continuously drift down if you're doing nothing else. Uh, And you have to collect all the fuel, and once you do... You load it all into your ship, and then you just loot the planet. <laughs> you literally, uh, loot packages will fall from the sky, and you fly around and collect them. These you don't have to bring back to your ship. You just collect them, and you get them. And uh, apparently the, the inhabitants of the planet are flying around trying to stop you, just like they did in the fuel stage. So in this game, you basically play the villain. I don't know how else to describe it. It's not like you've crashed on this planet and you're just trying to uh, make do. You are literally stealing all of their fuel, looting their planet, and then flying to the next planet to do the same thing. I thought that was very odd. Yeah. Uh, The game plays incredibly fast. It is an incredibly fast game. You move... Well, uh, it's fast and slow. No, it's the fa- it's fast, but it just takes forever. Each level takes a while to get through. No, no. I I don't know what you're talking about. You're an insane man. Well, I, that's you I move around as fast as you could possibly imagine to the point where it's a detriment. As you're collecting these fuel pods, uh your your biggest danger is getting too close to the side of the screen and something from off-screen coming in and killing you. Uh, there are nine worlds, uh, and after that fact, it repeats itself. Now, there's also one thing that I only got to trigger once, Aaron. I don't know if you experienced it or not at all. But every once in a while, when you're leaving the planet, uh, the planet's inhabitants will kind of get the leg up on you. And they will attach bombs to your ship. No, and I didn't you, see that. Okay. You have... it. it comes up and it gives you an alert. I only experienced it once, like I said. It comes up, it gives you an alert that bombs have been attached to your ship. And you have to 
dialing co- coordinates uh, to first travel to get uh, supplies to remove the bombs and then back to the mothership. Now, this is just literally text on the screen and you are controlling numbers. Uh, up and down does one set of numbers and then left and right does another set of numbers. You dial in the, the, the first coordinates it tells you to put in and it says, okay, great, you've got the equipment. Uh, now you just need to get back to the ship. And then you dial in, you use the keys again to dial in the second set of numbers. And it says, okay, you did it. You you saved the mothership. You now you can take off. Uh, the the intensity here is that the whole section is timed, and I I suppose if you don't get the numbers dialed in in time, that your your ship will explode and you'll lose a life. Hmm. That's kind of neat that they added that. Yeah, it's it's neat in that it does something extra. Uh, because the game itself. It, it's an arcade-style game. It's very fast-paced, and this kind of breaks up as a different type of tension. So it's it's a welcome change. It's a welcome little addition that they absolutely did not have to put in there, but they did, and I, I, I'm happy for it. Now, Aaron, uh, I'm, I know you've played this game, obviously. Correct. Yes. Did you spend a whole lot of time shooting the 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 uh, natives of the planet, or did were you more focused on just getting what you needed to get back to your ship? My normal uh, strategy on this one was to basically go after the items, mm-hmm. and then just as I was doing it, just hit the sp- uh, the uh, fire button a lot continuously. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then but not really go after <laughs> them. Yeah, because they really. For one thing, especially as you get into higher levels, this is another game where you can also start at a higher level if you want yes, to. Yes, you can start on the second cycle. You can start. I actually can start on the ninth cycle. Uh, well, you, you know what? I mean, the second loop of boards. Yeah, and let me tell you something. That's insanity at, at yeah, that. It's level. a lot more fun. Uh, but uh, this, I mostly just went after the items. I didn't. I didn't go after the aliens per se. Yeah. the The problem with having the aliens there is it actually prevents this from being a high-score game. Uh, And the reason why I say this is there is no time limit to get the items back to your ship, which means you could easily, easily uh, farm the the natives that are coming to try to stop you for endless score. Uh, Especially in the early levels, they don't move at a very fast pace. They always try to angle at your ship but they're very easy to shoot down in the beginning. Now, later levels, they do move faster, and there's more of them, which would make that strategy a little more uh, of a risk. But on this early stages, be super easy. This game desperately needed a time limit uh, for the collection portion of the game. And also, when you're looting the planet, you can stay on the loot screen for a long, long, long time. And it... You can choose to leave whenever you want. As soon as you go back to the ship, you leave the planet. But you can just stay on that screen. I don't know if you can stay on endlessly if the looting ever ends, but it lets you stay there way too long. Yeah. It definitely needs a timer. Without without a timer, like I said, you can linger uh, on, on on every screen. And, 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 and you're right. I thought of the same thing. You could just sit there. And, and this is sort of like Time Pilot has a similar <laughs> issue where you could just sit... You can stay in the first or second level and just continuously shoot guys as yeah. long as you can survive. And that's sort of the same thing here. I will say I was impressed that they at least had 
the ability to give multiple enemies. Like they didn't all look like. Sometimes you get the uh, you get the the bells and looking things. Sometimes you get the the psychedelic hamburgers. Yeah, there's a couple of different enemies. Yeah, the the Saturn planet. Yeah, there's yeah. there there's a there's a few. And yeah, that that's also welcome. The graphics in this are fine. Uh, they're these wild pinks and blues. Uh, I don't know if the QL is actually known for any kind of color palette like some of the other computers, but it's pleasing. Uh, the colors do change, and the board layout changes per planet. I, I sort of thought they could have done more with the layout. At first, I thought they were making it so you had to get certain fuel pods before you could gain access to other ones. Yeah. But really, that's not the case. Uh, and they could have done the that. Out. Yeah, they, yeah, there were things they could have done, yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the way, you were asking, the uh, the uh, apparently the QL has two, has a graphics mode. There's a 256 by 256 8 color, but I, I would suspect that this is in the 512 by 256 4 color mode. I think that's what we're looking at here is the 4 color mode. And I, I've been I've been informed by chat. It it is pronounced Cuffbert. Cuffbert. Yeah, so I'll buy it. Go. I'll buy um, that. <laughs> this game, um, this was I could see this in a in a nineteen eighties arcade, no. and I could see it being very popular. Oh yeah, no, yeah, this, no, no. This, this is your yeah. classic home game. I, no, no, no. I think this could have been right at home in an arcade uh, with a little more increased difficulty. Uh, a little bit better visuals. I think this would have been fine in arcade, and this is it plays an awful lot like an arcade type game. I I enjoyed this, Aaron. I would say uh, if you wanted to play this, you could check it out on one of the other systems and get the exact same experience as you do on the QL. And uh, I, I I would I would actually recommend. And I haven't boy, you know, it's been so long since I've recommended a game on this show. Uh, but I would recommend checking this out if this style of game appeals to you where it is just you going around, picking up, carrying back, shooting some aliens. It's good, quick fun. You're not going to spend days on it. But I, I gave it a, a couple hours and was still entertained to play it again. So that is something I haven't been able to say on this show for quite a while. Even watching the gameplay... Kind of makes me want to go and play it. Did you have that same experience? You, I think you, you kind of look like you hated this. Boring. And, and, and this is your. Oh no! Boring. This is your classic old school game that you would see on these like eight bit machines. That with it, there's that there's not much to it. Uh, it's it's uh, go out and get the thing, come back. Uh, it's sort of like a real. Listen, I mean, is this a basic playable game? Yes. Okay. Is there a fun? That you could get out of this a little bit, but I mean, if you pair, compare this to something like uh, Jetpack on the ZX, right? For example, like that's a lot better. A lot. This is so much faster. It, dude. I don't care how fast it is. It's just it's it's the same lame thing. It didn't do no, it for the, me. The speed of this is what makes it entertaining. If I uh, had bought, a, if I had just got a Sinclair QL, uh -huh. I took it to the house. Okay, keep in yeah. mind. That this came out after the ZX Spectrum, right? I've been playing all these hot properties on the Spectrum. I come home and this is what I unload on my micro cartridge. I'd, I would not be happy. Aaron, this is easily one of the best games on the QL. What? 
Well, I didn't say you were wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong there. I'm just saying, I don't think it's that. I think it's not horrible. It does what it says it does. It's just not, it's, it's just a lot of the same. This is an original property. It's not an arcade clone, which, first of all, finding that on the QL is, is a small miracle. We both did it. Okay. <laughs> this game is entertaining. I don't I don't play it for score. I play it to see how high, how many levels I can complete. Uh for an upgraded challenge, it lets you skip ahead to the second set, uh, which starts you out on level nine or level ten. And having that ex- extra added difficulty raises the enjoyment a lot for me. I thought this was a pretty fun game. Am I gonna come come back to this? Yeah, I think I will. In fact, I'm actually think I will play this after the show when oh, we're done. Listen, I, I'm serious, Eric. What a shill you are. I enjoyed this game. Listen, I'm I, not saying this is the, the, the next Legend of Zelda. I'm not saying this no. is the next, uh, you know, uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid. I'm saying this is for short burst, get you in, get you out, have some fun, play a game, maybe two. This is a great game for that. And it's all about the speed at which your ship moves. It moves uncontrollably fast, which actually adds to the enjoyment for me. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're getting me all wrong here. I'm not killing it. All I'm saying is I found it functional but boring. That's 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 all I can say. It's 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 not the worst. I mean, it's not like a, a Yeti or something. It's it's okay. no, no, it's not that good. No, no, you no. no. So this it, is a comparable. This is a a fun, quick fix. When you want to just zip around the screen in the spaceship. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we didn't get any Discord action this week on any of these games, which is understandable because I don't think anyone can actually. Buy. I know one person actually bought the package to play them, but I don't yeah. think anyone actually wrote up a, a, a review, which is understandable. Uh, so that was. Uh, did you look us up on Eve or anything? I'm guessing you didn't find. Are you Jack. kidding me, Aaron? Are you kidding me? This, yeah. This, this, no. No. I did, no. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's this is okay. <laughs> It's okay. Again, I I bought a QL and this is the game I'm playing. Yeah, you're getting hosed. So I, best of the bunch. Well, I'm just saying. There you go. Best so, of the original bunch. Now the, that we've heard clones were now that we've heard from the rest, let's hear from the best, brother. I spent eight U.S. dollars to bring this to you. I mean, literally, it was it was a a week long. Uh, journey and the journey ends here, Brent. When I bring you Jungle Eddie, Jungle Eddie, you know, much like the real Jungle Eddie, there's not much known about the game Jungle Eddie, but I'll give you what I found. Uh, this is a published by Talent Computer Systems, developed by Graphsoft, which Graphsoft, as far as I can tell, was a fellow named uh, Stefan Kuhn. Uh, he also did the game Lost Pharaoh on the uh, on the QL. He also, I think I've got this right when I credit him with the following games, having looked him up. Uh, Windbrick 96, Windbrick 2000, Four Flush, and Fight in the Dark, a personal favorite of mine. Oh, Fight in the Dark, all fight, right. Fight in the Dark. <laughs> hey, don't, don't do that unless you're prepared. Uh, this was released in 86, and... Uh, it's. I think it came. I mean, I know for a fact that it did come on micro, uh, micro tape. Because keep in mind, they did have that ROM thing in the back. But I don't know how much yeah. action that thing got. I, I, so, I don't think any for, for this type of. I actually of found someone who had sold one of these, 
and uh, it had uh, on mic. So apparently that's the way it came. You can, if you're looking at home, the 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 box art for this thing looks like the old photocopied uh, gimmick uh, paper. So I'm guessing this one is a uh, uh, wasn't widely circulated. Not like your fancy Cuthbert who got all that fancy. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, Cuthbert. Bird. So. A lot of you are probably asking yourself, sure, uh, Amigo Aaron, Jungle Eddie sounds interesting, mysterious. Oh, but how do you play it? Well, good question. I'm still trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> as soon as we figure it out, we'll let you know. <laughs> so I will, I'll read the description here, uh, the Brent, and then we'll see we can take it from there. Jungle Eddie is a platform game inspired by Underworld, which that I, that I know about, and set in a jungle environment. The game consists of five levels with 20 screens each. The goal of the game is to find a door to the exit, but each of the 20 screens contains two doors. And most screen screens entering one door makes the character appear at the other one until the real exit is found. The screens are connected by passing the screen border in any foreign direction. So it's a flip screen scrolling action platformer. Let's go with that. Now, Except there's no scrolling whatsoever. Well, it's a, it's a flip screen. It, you're right. There's not a real scrolling, but it's a flip screen. <laughs> so you play uh, the titular character, Jungle Eddie, whose goal is to escape this forest. Now, upon first viewing of this game, one might look on, and, and much like I did when I decided to pick it without actually playing it, you think to yourself, hey, wait a minute. This looks okay. Uh, it's got a, It starts off with a very nice like uh, opening screen with like a, of like a jungle tree that, like a that palm doesn't look tree. like a jungle at all it's a Listen, palm tree it's a, a palm tree in the beach that's all you need to know okay <laughs> it says jungle eddie on it uh and then you get some options you get us the options are play the game or turn the sound off those are your options <clears throat> that's all the options you need when you play jungle you really eddie. want to go with option two before you go with <laughs> option one listen when i played this game <clears throat> you know i i, I co-hosted a little show called the amigos brent I've heard of that. And there's a there's a there's a game, an infamous game we put on that show that was uh, a a platforming uh, game that ha is horrible. It's horrible, okay? It's called Top Banana, all right? This is clearly Top Banana, the chick for Top Banana's boyfriend is is involved here because they they have an a, a, an eye-piercing abomination of a of a of a game here except it plays worse than top banana we finally Way found worse. one so let's talk about this this game should be awesome and all honesty the graphics on this thing they're also in that same sort of four color mode with the pinks and the greens but you've got a uh, 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 decent looking trees you've yeah. got it'll, it'll, your, your guy takes these crazy hmm. leaps like headlong leaps and it looks like a game that could be fun all right you the controls are fairly simple you think you move your guy left, right, up, and uh, you move the guy left and right with the, with the uh, arrow keys, and up and down, down for ladders, and up, and then you jump. Okay, that's it. The problem is, well, there's two problems. One, your guy will jump by himself at the end of a ledge. You do nothing. He just so he'll just take off. That yeah. is a horror. That ruins the game. If, I mean, if you want the truth, that's one thing that ruins the game correct. because. If you get anywhere near the end of a level, a ramp, he just takes off and jumps, and his jump isn't very good. Like if you use the space bar jump, you get a full jump. With his jump, you don't. Okay. Secondly, you're in the branches of a tree. Okay. Uh, the branches of the tree, at the end of the branches, there's leaves and whatnot. At some point, 
hidden amongst the leaves is the end of that ramp. You may know where it is. You may not. You may be able to walk across leaves. You may not. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Sometimes you walk right across them, and sometimes you go right through them, okay? So but so let's so where are we? You can't tell where the levels end or the 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 platforms end and you also can't decide for yourself when to jump, okay? Eddie can only fall so far, okay? So he lunges out like an idiot. And also there are jumps off the flip screens onto other flip screens. And I mentioned that so you a lot of times you're jumping without knowing where you're going. Blind okay? jumping galore. Oh yeah. And then <clears throat> so Eddie will plunge to his death. Quite often, I will say the plunge to your death animation is pretty good. I saw it enough times uh, when you did it. Now, sometimes he can recover, but usually he just dies. Also, Jungle Eddie can't swim at all. So if you fall in the water, you're done. The doors, the aforementioned tree doors, work like they do in so many games where you go in one and come out the other one, the print. Except these are, you have to get in one door, out the other door, and then get off that screen to the next screen to keep moving upwards. I had uh, an endless difficulty with this task. I will be, I'm, I played this game more than any man should. You can tell I'm a little irritated, can't you? Because I played this game a lot. I never successfully got off the first level. Not one time. Did you have any luck getting off any levels? Aaron, let me tell you my experience with this game. Please. I, I load it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I foolishly turn sound on. Yeah, yeah. I hit start, and I'm dead. Yeah. That quick. Literally, I did not move. I did not jump. I instantly died less than a second from starting my first game. Because the enemies in this game are randomly placed. And sometimes they will just put one where you start. So my very first experience with this game was literally hitting start and dying. And I thought, oh, that's not good. Mm -mm. And then I started playing the game. Something you failed to mention is Eddie actually has three jumps. He has the jump that he just decides to do himself. Yeah. When sometimes you're walking off of a blind platform or walking on something, he just jumps. You've got the second jump, which is spacebar jump, where he moon jumps literally at this funky, like, 60-degree angle. Yeah, he he gets a lot of height. (laughs) And he, he flies. Yeah. But there's a third jump. If you hit up and you're not trying to go up a ladder... You'll do sort of this forty-five degree half jump. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did forget to mention that, and that's so that so you've got three different leaps in this. So those are first of all another thing. It should not be Jungle Eddie. This should be Frogman. Yeah, because that's how he jumps. He jumps at these weird angles. Uh, you also failed to mention the enemies in the game. Well, I was getting to them, but go ahead. The enemies in this game are lightning fast. And instantly deadly. They just whip back and forth on the platform they are on at lightning speed. There are also other, like, bugs or something that float around that you can pick up. There yes. are random numbers. Believe it or not, I've up. got a list here. Of the, so you've uh, got, I, will let, I will let you go over that. I will let you go over that. Go right ahead. So you've got, here's what you've got. Points, points are gained by capturing flying bells. 
numbers and pygmy stickman versions of Tinkerbell. All right, don't ask me. Uh, hold on. Uh, he can be killed by green flies uh, and pink flies. Pink flies push you or caught. So here's the thing. Get this. No, wait, this gets, this gets great right here. I, I knew you'd appreciate this. You probably didn't even know it. Green flies will kill you. Pink flies will either push you or cause you to jump without doing it. So here's another method of jumping, you know, without you wanting to do it. And this happens. <clears throat> and, so, and the thing is, the games, the controls are so all over the place, and the bugs aren't huge, and the background's so busy, you'll often hit these things and just wonder what in God's name just happened. Yes, that's because Pinky got you, brother. And uh, the, that list fails to mention the snakes and the scorpions. The snakes and the scorpions are also there. Yes, and they're fast. The snake they're in particular. Lightning. Yeah, <laughs> they're absolutely so. No, I did not get off the first board. Okay, I, good. I played this, and I, I was so concerned and confused because you're right. If you just see screenshots of this game, yeah, right, you would be like. That looks pretty good. That looks like it could be fun. You know, you're in the trees, you're exploring these places. But when you play it, the game is so horrible. And I messaged you, Aaron, and I was like, this game is bad. Yeah. And you were like, I, and I was, it was, it, I was not telling you. I was wanting you to confirm that I'm just not an idiot and that this game was actually bad because I, I felt like I was doing something wrong the entire game. And that's what this game makes you feel like. It feels like you're doing something wrong. And that's a horrible feeling to have when you're playing a game. You know, what irritates me <laughs> is, is they've got the bones here of something that could have been fun. Like, yeah. we're not sure how much fun the different levels are. By the way, there's practically zero footage of any, anything on the QL on, uh, on, the, uh, on YouTube. So you can't find someone that's, like, completed this no. or anything. So, basically, all we've got is what we've got. I like the idea of, of floating points. That's cool. There's floating hearts that give you an extra man. You get five men to start, you need them. Yeah. But just why they decided to never, uh, it, why they decided to have so many various methods of leaping and have, uh, have the controls be as clunky as they are and have the stages have all these holes in them. It's horrible. It's yeah. un. Playable, okay. I listen. My usual, my usual scheme for picking games. This is the first time it's ever backfired this badly. <laughs> Usually, you can look at a cool game that looks cool. It looks like my kind of game I'm in. No, I should have picked the king. That's what I should have done. I, I should have went with what brought me to the dance, but I didn't. I wanted to pay, play this. And the funny thing is, if you look at the graphics on this, like. At first glance, you're like, man, look at that trees and ladders and the woods and the flip screen. Yes, it's all and it's great. But I mean, if you really stare at them for a while, playing the game as it is, it makes you want to die. And the graphics are puke ugly. It's yeah. just they're the garish looking. You know, this looked at CGA and said, "Hold my beer. We're gonna really put something out there to make you hurt." <laughs> you know, and they did. Uh, it just it's we're a, in. In Cuthbert in or Cuthbert in space, yeah, the colors were kind of playful and majestic, and, yeah. and made you kind of feel like that space environment. This is more like a drug drug trip, yeah. in some kind of horrible forest. Like I said, it's top banana ish in terms of the palette on this. You know, what can I say about this game and this system? 
in 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 general. I did not have I did not enjoy my week in, entrenched in the Sinclair QL. I didn't either. I've read that a lot of people have you know you could I looked on eBay to see what what these things were going for. By the way, we looked up this game. I should mention this. You can buy in 2018. Someone purchased a copy of this on MicroDrive cards for 50 US dollars. Okay. Oh so my gosh. This was 2018. So I mean, listen, I don't know to tell you. But I looked up. I was like, man, I wonder what these QLs are going for. Okay. <clears throat> because it's an it's a bizarre machine. And I'm like, what would you do with one if you got it? They are available. I've seen them go well under four hundred dollars, in some instances under two hundred. Okay, and there weren't a ton of these made. You're t- I think there was like it's like thirty thousand. It wasn't. They didn't make a ton of these things. Okay, and so you would think to yourself, something that rare is probably worth some bucks. And I've read over and over and over and seen people do video reviews, and they all have sort of a similar story. And the story is, listen. I like this machine. It's nice to have it in my collection, but I never, ever, under any circumstances, turn it on or use it. Yeah. You know, even the insides of this thing are bodged together with resistors strung over ROM chips and wires, wires everywhere. going everywhere, just it's, jumping things together. It's yeah. a, it's a, they don't last. And so when you've got to do constant maintenance on something, and the, the reward for your, all your trouble is that you get to play Jungle Eddie, you know, it, it ain't worth it. I did look, you know, just to close the book on Jungle Eddie, for the love of God, don't play this. And don't pay eight pounds or ten <clears> US dollars <throat> to get this in the package. Just get the package. If there's something else you want in the package, that's fine. But <laughs> email them. Ask them if they can replace it with something else. Listen, the guy they should have paid me. I'm 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 moving units here. I should have gotten a freebie out of this. But don't don't buy this. Do not buy this. And this is no this is not anything to, about uh, bad about uh, Stephen Kuhn, who who uh, uh, who did it, who did it the best he could, you know, or whatever. And I, it would be interesting to see why he made these certain decisions on the jumping. You know, it it says it's based on this game Underworld, like loosely. Maybe that maybe that's where he got the idea for this extra stuff. But it made the game crap. All right, so yeah. so, we're, so there's that. Don't buy this. But getting back to the the QL in general, you know, we we do a lot of systems in here. Some real clunkers, Brent. Uh, and I don't put the QL amongst uh, the the junkiest machines we ever played, but I do put it up there in terms of uh, it's the fun factor of it. I mean, I don't think this thing is any good, uh, you know, really. I think this is a, a big old dud, and I yeah, don't I, see any reason to add this to a collection unless you're a rabid Sinclair owner. Well, I mean, if you grew up with this, I I can totally see it. Yeah, you know, if, if this was your childhood, uh, we're not here to crap on it. But at, from an outsider looking in, I played through all the games in our collection. And the arcade ports are arcade ports. Oh, you ports. played them all. What was your favorite? Yeah. Uh, the Cubert and, uh, Cuthbert and Space. Really? <clears throat> yeah. I thought, there were, I thought there were a lot of problems. All of the arcade... I thought the uh, King was good. I thought it was pretty good. I, I did not think it was good. Hmm. I, it had a lot of problems. When, when the fireball can beat you... To the first ladder, that's no good. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. We're not reviewing that at the moment. And, and maybe we'll come back to the Sinclair QL and give a more in-depth review of some of those other games. As long as we uh, play something on games disc volume one, I'm down. <laughs> I'm not I'm not dropping those 10, 10 US dollars for volume two. That ain't gonna uh, happen. But I, <laughs> is this the most painful week I've had on ARG Presents? Oh gosh, no. No, because we they listen, the FM Towns is still out there. 
that week that was, was the worst. That was the absolute that was, worst. That was uh, that was a tough one. Also, the pl- had program our own basic game. What much fun for me? I, I I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm. You know, I I don't know what else to say really. I I, I wish this was better. Well, I wish it was all better. You know, the one thing about this show that I love, right? You get stuck with a dud, right? You're you're like, man, God, it can't can it get any worse? And it can. And the only way we'll find out is when we spin the wheel. Here we go. Yeah. So, this week, Brent, we've added a couple games. I did this because it's Christmas. This is my Christmas gift to your wife. We've added burger-based games. Yes. by your wife, Terry, to the wheel. We've also got our patented Retro Rewind piece. Let me hone this thing into view, the Brent here. Let's go to the close-up, if we may. And, Brent... Let's go into a little bit of talk on our good buddies over at Retro Rewind. RetroRewind.ca, you've heard us go on about them for a few weeks now. They've been sponsoring us. Uh, Tis the season to purchase goodies. Uh, and if you need electronic goodies for your various, uh, for your, yeah, thank you, Brent, for your various home computer needs, look no further than our good friends at RetroRewind.ca. They support the Commodore line of machines, everything from the C64, the C128, all the way up to your Amigas, your Amiga 500, Amiga 1000, all your advanced Amigas, Amiga 1200, 3000. They've got ROMs. They've got all your Kickstart, Workbench stuff. They've got caps. They'll sell you recapping kits. They will also sell you uh, virtual drives. If you need, do you need a, uh, do you need some sort of drive for your machine that takes an SD card or USB? They've got them. They've got a nice uh, array of carts for the C64 for your various SD card needs. And they've just added uh, support for everyone's favorite underdog, the Tandy car computer. The uh, Tandy car computer has the SDC cartridge-based solution with a SD card. It's a must-have, isn't it, Brent, this thing? It is. It really is. Yeah, and him branching out, uh, picking up those systems, Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Because you know, the one thing you know when you order from RetroRewind.ca is you're going to get quality stuff. So it's good to know that there's quality stuff out there for them. That's true. That's a good good point there, Brent. You know, we want to thank Frank for sponsoring us, and he wants to thank you for purchasing from him. If you use the promo code TIZARG, that's T-I-S-A-R-G, you could save 10%. Off your order, that's a big chunk right there, the brand. And, Absolutely. And it's already cheap. Yeah. So. And, and he is uh, also donating a portion of all the proceeds uh, this Christmas to his local food bank up there in Toronto. Everyone needs a little ha- hand up. Frank's a very charitable fellow, a good guy. He's taking care of business out there and giving the charity. He was a big supporter of Amigathon as well. We appreciate that, Frank. So use the code TIZARG. Save yourself 10%. And whichever show's product code or a uh, uh, promo code gets used the most this holiday will get will be re- receiving uh, two $50 gift cards, which will give away to the listeners. So that's a nice bonus, Brandon. I hope we win, but uh, I'm I'm happy that someone's going to get two $50 gift cards. Hey, listen, if you want to support the show, but you don't want to do it through Patreon, and let's say you don't have ha- work on hardware on the Commodore or work on hardware for the for the TRS, go buy a shirt. Retro yeah. Rewind shirt. Use our promo code. It helps us out. It helps you out. Everyone wins. Correct. So, 
With all that said, uh, Frank Spots is our retro rewind piece, and it is bam, sharp sixty-eight thousand. Oh, How timely! Go. Just uh, just got some decent support under the mister. Are you ready, Brent, to spin Absolutely. the wheel? Here we go. Our little faces are upside down. The brown, the wheel. We're, there. we're, we're, we're turned over. And from the this winner. Game. Oh my gosh! Here it is. VCR games that aren't the Action Max. I didn't write that part. That's what I suggested to Brent. VCR games. Now this is just dandy, and it's also timely, the Brent, <laughs> because me and you can get together uh, for this Christmas holiday and watch a VCR game. Uh, now I guess we're gonna watch two of these. Is that the plan on this? Or are we well, just gonna do one? Boy, I don't know, Aaron. Uh, tackling two of these might be a challenge. Yeah, we might just do. We may just do one group game, me and you, and then we'll decide. Uh, we'll we can decide a fight we'll over if we like it or not. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to. We'll have to dig. I, I don't know if I can find a VCR game in a week. We'll have to see what's up. Oh, I know I can. Uh, listen, before we go, just a couple things. We got a uh, comment, interesting comment on our show. Uh, it was episode one ninety two. Game is based on British cartoons. Uh, on that show, we looked at Bangers and Mash for the ZX Spectrum and Mr. Bean for uh, the Nintendo DS. Lo and behold, the fellow that worked on Bangers and Mash dropped a comment, Rich Stevenson. He said, great review, guys. Had me laughing. And yes, I did develop a lot of games on the Specky. Now, I went back to watch the review of Bangers and Mash, which is the game you picked for me to cover. I was pretty complimentary of this game, Brent, and you murdered it. I mean, yeah. you came down on this thing like an anvil. And I, I replied to the fellow, and I also mentioned, I was like, you know, I wouldn't let uh, my brother worry you. He's, he's just a jerk, and uh, he hates everything, you know. And he said, uh, he he sort of threw this out there. He said, uh, so many questions raised in the video. It was a pity you hadn't contacted me. I could have done a live Q&A. Well, we may do that. I may get in touch <laughs> uh, with Mr. Stevenson. I'd love to talk to one of these uh, ZX uh, developers, it's always neat when you get one of these guys that comment on Absolutely. this video. It's not that neat when you've murdered it. And so hopefully what I'd like to see happen is Rich gets like on a live video chat and just berate you. That would be great. I would be, I'd love to see that. Hey, I, I have many flaws a, a, that are exposed every week on this show. That's true. So That's just, true. Just drop the hammer. I'm oh, a big boy. I can oh, cry in a corner. I will say, uh, games based on British cartoons, we've had a real rough production week on that episode, so it wasn't our best audio or video, but we did the best we could at the time. But yeah, check it out if you want to uh, uh, make a comment on it. I like it when our old stuff gets a uh, gets a look. Absolutely. And, and that one's not Always that fun. old. Uh, of course, next week, uh, we, as we record this, we're uh, about six, five, five or six days away from Christmas, and uh, it should be a good time. And uh, you know, I hope everyone out there, if you're celebrating the holidays, have a nice, happy holiday uh, and uh, get together with your loved ones as best you can, despite the unpleasantness. I know it's put everyone in an odd spot, uh, but uh, I hope every yeah, I hope everyone has a good holiday season and is ready to go for New Year's. I want to mention that coming up, uh, the Brent, holy smokes, in just, a, in just a few weeks on New Year's Eve, it's all going down at Good Matt's house, the Amigos 2021-2022 New Year's Eve Super Bash. Holy smokes, it's going to be a happening. My buddy, the good Matt, a.k.a. TSI Matt, a.k.a. Blow Jellyfish, he's having a shindig, the likes of which you'll never see. It's computerized shindig with all of, his, all of our buddies there. All the uh, Amigo families are going, to, are going to be coming around 
the, the locals anyway, for a big, you know, boozed up sing fest. It should be funny. We know a lot of people all over the world. There's a lot of lockdowns and stuff right now. We're lucky. We're still out moving around. I'm sure we're going to get ours at some point. But for now, we're still good to go. And we're going to have a big throwdown. It should be fun. It should be a good time. And uh, that's going to go down on New Year's Eve. I'd say we'll probably kick it off around 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, the Brant. And we'll be broadcasting on Twitch. This is going to be a one-shot. They're never going to let us play yeah. this one again. Yeah, they're uh, not so. going to let us. T- it, it's a be there and experience it, or it gets lost in the ether. Yeah. Maybe that's something. Maybe we can sneak it on a Discord or something. We'll yeah. see. Listen, we would love if if you're back at the pad. I'm not. Listen, no one just turns on one of these New Year's Eve celebrations where the ball drops and say, they're like, yay. But if you put us on the background while you're having a, a little bit of the bubbly, you know, that's dandy. And and if you're at the, at the house, you're kind of bummed out, like, check us out, man. Say hi to us and, and try to celebrate with us and have a good time. We've all got to take a bite of the old uh, rotten apple occasionally with this pandemic, and hopefully we'll all get past it uh, sooner than later. Any any final thoughts to Brett before we take this thing to the house? My feet are cold. There you go. Get to, uh, at least you're not wearing your robe this week, so you got that going. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Have a safe and happy holiday Bye, week. everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Special thank you to Duncan Styles for our Vector Style Graphics and Bartfit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG present. Just like these fine folks. Rollo, Olaf Hope, Paul, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Solo Norris, Frodo and L, Chris Fold, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob, Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Pachaco6502, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rathmason, Bernhard Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Graham W. Rashi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Super Tech Boy, Orom, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshack, Retroalgy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mario Ramey. They all have access to our Discord channel and their names put and called out in the credits. Why don't you? If you have an idea for a wheel piece, you can email us at argpresents at mail.com. Be sure to visit our sponsor, RetroRewind.ca, and use promo code ARG10 to get 10% off your order. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT. Hope to see you there. <laughs>